nothing. Um, so the Yankees are obviously done. So hockey season starts, and every year I do this where I try to. I'm like, I'm a hockey fan this year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch games, and I, I, I claim the Rangers as my team, okay. even though. I, I'm not super knowledgeable about hockey, so I, I started watching this. It's their first game. They're playing the Capitals. And within, like, a minute, it was one nothing Washington. So, I'm like, I, I just – my sports fandom is just fucked right now. I'm a Rangers fan, so I know what it feels like. I'm okay. a Giants fan, and it's – Yeah, yeah. It's just – it's – everything is – I'm a Wisconsin fan. They're terrible this year. The Yankees are obviously done. Dolphins might be the worst team in the NFL. Hoping for the Heat to do well. The NBA starts on Tuesday. I don't think they play their first game though Thursday. You really gonna say your team is the worst team in the NFL? I'm a Giants fan. <laughs> so we have nothing to be happy about on the sports front. No, not for a while. Uh, uh, what's something good you watch this week? Uh honestly, didn't watch too much this week at all. It's been a busy week with stuff. Um, I caught Blue Bloods. Uh, so show. How is that show? I know it, it's, it must be good because it's been around for, was it on like 10 plus seasons? It's in the 12th season right now. It's oh. I've been watching it since day one, actually. So okay. it, it's a really good story. It's about a cop family. It's um, Donnie Wahlberg, Bridget Monaghan, uh, Donnie, uh, Tom Selleck. Okay. So it's very good cast. Got a lot of good guests that have been on it, um, but... It's a good show, um, but this weekend, I'm going to have a free weekend. Family's going away for the weekend. Uh, I have to work one of the days, so I won't be able to join them. So I will be having a wonderful weekend when I go watching some things. All right, cool. Sounds good. Uh, how about you, sir? Just uh, Well, actually, just before we started recording, I caught the pilot of Dope Sick. Have you seen the trailer or any, anything about the show? Dying to see that. That's the one with Michael Keaton. That's the one on Hulu, and it looks fantastic. Yeah, so just for the listeners, it's about the essentially the origins of the opioid ep- epidemic, and it just has, like, a fucking all-star cast. Uh, Anthony mentioned Michael Keaton is in it. Um, also, Rosario Dawson, Caitlin Dever, uh, Michael Stuhlbarg, who's just fucking awesome and everything he does he played arnold rothstein in boardwalk empire and just like a whole bunch of other really good roles for him he's solid and i watched the pilot it's i could tell the show's gonna be pretty powerful i and, don't actor's name but there's also another actor in there who just got cast into the mcu will will Poulter. there you go that's his name he just yeah. got the mcu too and he's been really good in a lot of the stuff he's been in yeah he was in he was in midsummer which he was good in that. And yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff too. So this cast is just like phenomenal. And uh, this looks like a show that I'm, I'm really going to be into. And also I'm keeping up on Yellow five episodes into this. Do you watch Yellowstone? Love that show. I'm waiting for season four. It comes out in a couple of weeks. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I'll be when season four airs. I don't think I'll be current at the rate I'm going, but I'm five in and I'll, I'll definitely get there because i'm definitely going to continue with this a lot of people had suggested this for a while they essentially called it sopranos in the west and they they said that kevin costner's character uh john dutton is like a tony soprano like figure and i I don't necessarily see that yet but i see like 
this show is built around him kind of in the same way that Sopranos was built around Tony. I think if you took Costner out of this show, same way if you took Tony out of the Sopranos, it wouldn't necessarily work. Well, I will tell you this um, show is great. I'm, I'm all caught up right now. Uh, there's an episode in season three. Okay. Know it when you get there. I won't say any spoil anything. All right. But definitely has a Tony Soprano feel. Okay. It'll it, be it'll probably be a while before I get there. Maybe like a few weeks. But uh, I will definitely we'll circle back to this when I, when I get there. But yeah, no, it's a very good show, and I'm glad you like it. It's you'll enjoy it when you go further into it. It's a lot of good characters. Okay, cool. So looking forward to keeping up on that. All right, my friend, what uh, what episode are we doing today? Where are we? Uh, we're at a hit is a hit, uh, episode 10 of season one. Is it, though? Is a hit a hit? <laughs> uh, this is a hit in the skull. I'll, I can tell you that much. So, yeah, I, I love it when we, we kind of just like, I think we've had like three episodes or two or three that we didn't necessarily like. And it's usually like one of us is kind of like hesitant to tell the other that like we didn't particularly like this episode and all on the same page on this one that we really couldn't stand it (laughs) well the issue was and we've talked about some episodes where it was heavy side plot or subplot and this is kind of just like two subplots going back to back nothing happens in this episode And and i said if we look at the final episode of the series and we say did this episode have any impact on where we are now? And none. Not Absolutely a, none. There is no continuity in this episode. There's no value in this episode. This episode is really just like a... I, I feel like I'm playing a game and it's a side mission that doesn't have anything to do with the story. <laughs> That's a perfect analogy. Because, yeah, really, no consequence in this episode. We have two side side plots here with uh, Chris and massive genius who you know i i love bokeem woodbine excellent actor glad to see him in this one character in the show heavily quotable uh, yeah. most of my most of my quotes are from massive genius and so he's he's fun but this really had no value and then we have this other subplot with tony kind of in this fish out of water situation playing golf with his yuppie neighbors the kuzumanos and his friends like for a second, you see him trying to be normal. Yeah. If he thinks he could be normal. And then as you get further into it, he just goes right back to himself. And it's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoy the end scene. There are some funny moments. Oh, yes. Yeah. But but in terms of like, you know, we, we talked about like the later seasons and all the things that happened. And this was just like another really slow episode. And you could see where. Like a lot of shows, it takes a little while for them to get their footing. And we, we think I watched episode, I went ahead and watched episode 11. It seems like they're starting to get it in episode 11. Like we need, we need to like focus on the action. But this seems like one of the last episodes where they don't necessarily do that. Well, I, I feel, and as you could tell by most shows or some shows, that they'll have a couple of like, you know, things to set up the show. And then it gets its footing and it keeps it. I feel like every time that it gets its footing, it takes a slip. Right. And it falls backwards a little bit. And it's done that in a couple of And like yourself, I decided, but I watched the rest of the season <laughs> uh, to make myself feel better about the show. <laughs> and 
I really am happy where it goes the next couple of episodes. So it really, it really starts to take place in season two, which is boom. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree. So we'll, uh, (laughs) we'll get through this one. And you know what? It's funny because I didn't realize if you had said to me before we started recording the show that there were episodes of Sopranos that would be like tough to watch. I would say, no, you're, you're out of your mind. But you know, when you sit there and you're analyzing things and you know, if how do I phrase this right? If you're watching this for the first time, maybe you're saying to yourself, this was a great episode, but with both of us knowing what's coming in the future, this was kind of just another like bummer. Well, the, the, the thing with a lot of certain episodes, they don't age well. This is true. Yeah, there's a lot there. There's uh, I mean, and I'm not going to repeat, but there there's some hard racial slurs in this episode and some other stuff that doesn't particularly age well. Well, I, I don't even mean it by the racial slurs or the um, the things that are said. It's just like it doesn't age well to the show. Sure. Like, it doesn't make the show any better or worse if this episode wasn't in the show. Yeah. Yeah. You could literally just remove this one from the series and it wouldn't have any consequences okay we just said guys thank you for coming oh no just never mind mind. all right well i guess we got to talk about favorite scenes so why don't we take a quick break and then we will come back to that all right favorite scenes so i got a couple written down here the first i don't have these in any particular order uh i have the chris at the pizzeria where he meets massive for the first time Okay. It's him and Adriana. I just have his as a scene in the we see he's going out on the town, going out for a night on the town with Adriana and this is where we're introduced to Massive Genius, the 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 fine rapper. We think is is he a rapper? Is that confirmed? I don't think so. I think he's a producer. Okay, yeah. We don't hear any of his music. He might be like uh this is 1999. He might be modeled right after P Diddy. But I think he was Puff Daddy at the point at that point. Was he Puff Daddy? Was he a symbol at that point? I don't even know. Puff Daddy had so many name changes in the 90s. I just remember I bought the album Puff Daddy and the Family. Oh and it was it was Puff Daddy. And that was like 96 or 97. I, and he, I had that album too. It was, it, was, it was a fire album. It was really good. So, he, so Massive might have been modeling himself after Puff Daddy or Diddy. I don't know what he was in 99. I'll have to Google it. But yeah, I just have this as a scene and we see Chris uh, just kind of being a dick in the pizzeria. And he was like, I'm going to step on quotes. But he says, who's fucking welfare check? You got a cash to get a burger around here. And you there goes my first quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was mine. Um, yeah, it was just a funny scene. And we're we find out why Massive is interested in a meeting with Chris because he wants to have a sit down with Hash to get alleged royalties from some record that they did a long time ago. Yeah, the 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 artist died and they're trying to he's trying to get um reparations for the mother of the former singer. Yes. All right, so that was a scene that I had noted there. What's uh what's a scene that you liked? Uh this is two scenes between them. Um Tony and Carmela in the kitchen together. Okay. Both in the the, the first scene when they're uh talking about the score. Okay. Like, you know, cause he's playing coy with her. And then the scene where towards the end, I'm not going to say anything about that scene, but that was a really funny scene, the way they were together, like being playful. 
Yes. But you see, like, like, you know, he keeps so much from her. And there's a quote in that scene that I have um, that I will go over later. But, okay. uh, like, you, you see, you know, he he sleeps around. He does all this stuff. But you can see he genuinely loves her and cares about her. Sure. So that was a, that was a good scene. I liked it. I always like their interactions. Yes. Yeah. Really good scene. There's some good Tony and Carmela stuff in that. So yeah, if it's like say something nice about this episode. Good. Good uh, Tony and Carm chemistry in this episode. Must agree. Um, I have the visiting day studio session. This is at the point where uh, Adriana is trying to push this band as as a hit as a hit maker, and it's not really working. Uh, their their song i think the studio manager says you know we've hit a brick wall with this and chris tries to get chris tries to give the guy drugs take the fuck drugs <laughs> and then he winds up going uh are you, are you a wrestling guy he goes honky tonk man on him yes he does okay i was good uh, good reference i was gonna say jeff jarrett but uh, honky tonk works just as fits in just as well there okay <laughs> but yeah he, both both wrestling fans. <laughs> so he yeah he hits him with a guitar. Yeah, just funny scene, kind of ridiculous. But oh, I love it. Like all right, let's get back to work. You can use a ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, good. Uh, you know, Chris was banging on all cylinders in the scene. I'll, I'll give I'll give him that. Uh, so I had that one. What's a scene that you had? Another one I had was the dinner between Cusimano and uh, Dr. Melfi. I have this as well. And I like these alternate family dinners. Well, we had we had this in a previous episode where we saw Dr. Melfi and her family. Melfi is also here because she's friends with the Cusimanos. And, you know, you like to you see the Soprano family dinners and then you see like other family dinners just to kind of contrast with the Sopranos. And I, I like the, the comparison here. And they're just what are they talking about here? They're talking about. Uh, what is what does it do to is, property values? Having a gangster live next door, the crime rate is nothing. There's no crime. <laughs> uh, I also there's a nitpick I have on this episode. I'm gonna actually bring it up now. Yeah, go for it. Later on, but the nitpick is Melfi's with the guy from the first episode that you don't see at all for like nine episodes. Yeah, was that the guy at the restaurant when we had Adriana as the hostess, but she wasn't. Wasn't she wasn't Adriana? She wasn't Adriana at the time. Well, we didn't know that she was Adriana at the time, right? But, um, like basically, like you didn't hear anything from him. You saw her on the other date with the other guy who got beat up by Marquesian, and then next thing you know, he's there. Yeah, I had a massive nitpick with that one. I thought that was really like I, I didn't understand it, like, I didn't understand why he was back in the picture again. Right, yeah, it is a little bit of a nitpick. Yeah, I, I can see that one. Um, another scene I had here was the Tony and the Cusimanos golf scene. I had that as well. It's a good scene. Very. It was good. really good because it was. Just, you don't see Tony uncomfortable very often. No. And you you could tell he was. These guys are kind of just talking to him like he's like, you know, a puppy that you bring home and want to play with. He was basically like a circus act for them. He they wanted him to dance for him, basically. Like wanted to know all these stories and everything, and then you just see him getting angrier and angrier. And then he looks at Kusumano, and right, keeps, like you see the anger festering. Such a great scene because they keep all they keep asking is about mafia things. Like they didn't even care. They didn't really want him to be there. They just wanted to basically find out information about him, like about the mafia. 
Right. And it was, it was the one guy asked him like, how real is the Godfather? And he, he clearly doesn't really know this guy tried to like, uh, tell Tony what's what, because Tony says, I don't know what was that the fifties. And the guy goes, no, it was 1972, which was correct. But he's obviously, Tony was obviously talking about the time the movie was set in. And this guy tried to correct him, like trying to like one up him. Oh yeah. Well then Kusumano goes, yeah, but it takes place in the fifties. Right. Right. So Tony knew what he was talking about here. And this guy clearly didn't know too much. And when they, I like the story. No, what do you, when he asked, did you ever meet John Gotti? And Tony tells the story about the bungalow bar, ice cream trucks. Of oh, Gotti. Yeah. <laughs> so I got that this story. Okay. Just for listeners, let's tell the story real quick. Tony tells them that him and John Gotti were bidding on this last truck and that Gotti outbid him. And Tony, John Gotti allegedly drove him home and he honked the horn the whole way home. You know, he actually rang the rang the siren the whole time, and you just see him doing like a masturbation thing, right? <laughs> so, I think when I when I first watched this a long time ago, I was like, okay, that that's pretty cool. And now, you know, having the hindsight of everything I see in the show, is this? I think the story is fake. Yes, I I don't remember. I, I I'm pretty knowledgeable when it comes to some of this stuff and I don't ever remember hearing a story like that in uh, any kind of thing. Right. So I was and this could be just one of those, you know, David Chase ambiguous things. I think so as well and also I also what's it called? Um he just I think he was making it up as he was going basically, the way he was playing it off. Right. I think I don't even think it was real to him. So he was just trying to get everybody all excited and going <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah I'm, I'm led to believe that this story is not real um piggybacking off of that scene I, i'm gonna go to the other scene um the gift scene okay which one's that the one where he brings kusumano to get like the, can you hold this for him? oh the gift okay okay uh yeah <laughs> that's i think that's actually my last one no i got one more but it was from previous um really funny scene he gives kusumano the the box of sand <laughs> well yeah like you you see that this is him like you know you want to make me out to be a puppet you want to make me out to be some kind of like sideshow freak uh-huh. now now i'm going to show you how much of a freak i could be <laughs> it was pretty you see they're so they're so uncomfortable when they're in their house just alone with the box and they're like don't touch it and then the next thing you hear you hear him grunting when he's working out and they just make a face <laughs> yeah so good good that was the the close of the episode i believe right yes it was okay um just one more i had written down i, I guess we should talk about massive genius a little bit a little bit more i do have the hash massive genius sit down I had that as well. That was actually the last one I had as well. Okay, cool. So, you know, whenever, even if the characters aren't mainstays in the show, whenever you have a sit down, I, I always enjoy those scenes. Uh, I actually had one more. Okay. And uh, we really didn't talk about it because it was a big part of the episode as well in the beginning. Okay. Um, wasn't really talked about too much after, but the score that they made off of those, um, the Dominicans. Okay. I thought that was a big scene when they make the score. Right. Because um, then that's when it, it leads Tony to want to try and do legitimate stuff. And that's what catapults into the episode of him thinking he could be normal. Yeah. 
yeah I th- and you know the way this the way this episode opens with that scene you're thinking yeah let's let's fucking go this is going to be a big episode and then they kind of just it fizzles out right after that scene that's kind of the only action we get in in the episode it's like when you think it's going to be an m80 and it ends up being like uh a sprinkler like <laughs> sparkler, not a sprinkler what the hell like a sparkler <laughs> perfect analogy there i like it uh, so that's, I think I'm tapped on scenes now. What about you? I am as well. All right. So best quotes. I think I mentioned Chris. Hey, who's fucking welfare check? You got a cash rate to get a burger around here. I already talked about that before. Uh, one I have from Massive Genius was just bold men make bold statements. I think that's the first thing he says in this show. Yes. And then Christopher goes, uh, Christopher comes back. I'm looking for burgers, not uh, converted rice. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of fearless in this scene there, Chris. Uh, Not really thinking too much about his own safety. Um, Let's see here. Chris also says that guy's a gangster. I'm a gangster. Just referring to massive again. Well, yeah, he got a lot. Of, he got a lot of Christopher quotes in this. Uh, I got one. It's Carmela says to Tony, um, "What am I supposed to do if anything happens?" And he he just basically goes with a joke. You dig up my blue suit, call old man Coletti, and tell him not to put too much makeup on. Good <laughs> <laughs> scene here. Seems to always make light of death. Yes, he, yes. He thinks he's untouchable, and he really is most of the show. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, on, on one other one I have, um, when he asked him about the thing, when he when Kuzmano's in the kitchen with him and he's on the phone with Paulie, he goes, Juan Valdez has been separated from his donkey. But <laughs> so that was a clever, funny one right there. Yeah. Um, the one guy, the heckler in the club when visiting day is playing, and I forget what the guy even says. He yells something, and Chris yells, sit the fuck down, you mullet head. <laughs> um and then i just have one more it's always funny when you work the episode title into a quote and i think hash twice says a hit is a hit he does actually and, yeah. and like oh uh what's it called he um he says that all he's i think he says it's two or three times in the episode yeah <laughs> so you know whenever you say the title in a quote oh. He said the title. There you yeah. go. <laughs> uh, I think of yeah. I more. All right, go ahead. Um, when Chris was talking to Adriana Jr. with his moldy old sweaters, and he's a boss, <laughs> like referring to like how Massive G dresses so flashy, and he's like he considers him a nobody, but he's dressing so much better than everybody. He has the house. Um, and the last one is, uh, with. Going back to the scene where uh, I mentioned um, him talking about digging up the suit if he dies, and then he's playing coy about the um, about the score. She goes, "It's always multiple choice with you. <laughs> oh, if you're old fashioned, paranoid, or just a fucking asshole." Yeah, <laughs> so that was a really funny quote from her, and he just laughs and giggles. Yeah, yeah, that's what he does. Uh, good, yeah, those were good, uh, good quotes there. Um, I don't have any more there. Do you? Have... No, I'm all good with that. Okay, so don't forget about it. I have two here. One, I get one. I think is more significant than the other. 
Um, I just have, we have another episode where Carmela starts to play the stock market and it's just her trying to venture into new financial opportunities. That's yep. something we're going to see a lot of. Very nice. I guess I, I, I actually had one um, referring to when he's talking about how massive G had uh, Alec Baldwin. Yes. Well, you know, he ends up getting a Baldwin in the future anyway, so it works out. <laughs> not, not the, 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 the premium Baldwin. He <laughs> But, he, gets, he gets the wish list, Baldwin. Baldwin. <laughs> like, he does get uh, Amazon, and the one he gets is from Wish. <laughs> Cleaver, that's got to be a movie we cover on uh, the other pod we do. <laughs> was it that bad? <laughs> um, one more, don't forget about it. I have Chris start talking about great Italian singers, and he mentions Frankie Valley. Yes, that is uh, that is a big uh don't forget about it in going into season five yeah so that's that's someone we're gonna want to we'll keep an eye on for much much later okay i think that was it on don't forget about it for me okay yeah me too all right so nitpicks we hear tony grunting really loud when he's so he's he's a gym grunter i guess okay and then they sh- they show the bench that he's lifting, and he's only lifting like 180 pounds. Hey, listen, I'm a fat guy, so I would be grunting like that too. I'm a, I'm a, okay, <laughs> maybe that's a thing. I, you know, I'm not like a, a big guy per se, but I, I can bench 180 pounds and without grunting. So I don't. Maybe that's just different folks, different whatever. I, I, I get what you're trying to say. I uh, I told you about my one nitpick. I have one more. Okay. Christopher talking about how he's his father used to tell him stories. Yet he died as an he died when he was an infant. Okay. Yeah. That that's that's a big uh, that's a big nitpick and a timeline like, inconsistency. Yeah. It, no, another continuity one. Right. Right. Yeah. I have to go with that one. Just a I a follow up point on my last one. And when he was grunting, he was in the basement of the house, presumably. Yeah, the echo in there was amazing, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and it, but I would assume Melfi was on the second floor of the Cusimano house. So it, it just it didn't like, seem like... It sounded literally like he was in the next room. Right, yeah. I don't know if it would be that loud where... You'd probably call the cops if it was really that, as loud as they made it out to seem there. They, they talked about it in a therapy session as well. Yeah, and he said, that was kind of weird too. He goes, "Did you see my house?" And she goes, "Yeah." And he gives like a suspicious look. Oh yeah. So that was that was a little weird because so what if she knows where you live? You probably just nineteen ninety nine. You probably just Google that at any point. Is Google was Google around in nineteen ninety nine? You could have Yahooed it. Yahoo, there's, there had to be some search engine for it. Yeah, you could have asked Jeeves maybe. Oh, Jeeves, he was so good back in the day. <laughs> all right um i think that's it on nitpicks for me me as well okay friend of ours you know we got the big one here bokeem woodbine what uh what what do you think of like just off the top of your head when you when you hear that name or see his face um i really enjoyed him in ray oh what was he you know that's a blind spot for me i've never seen ray what was he was fat in it, he was one of the um, the trumpet players. Okay, but he was in that. He was in a. He was in a lot of stuff. He was also really good in Fargo. I was just well. That was going to be 
if you ask me the same question, it would be, you know, there's a lot of other stuff here, but Fargo, he was nominated for an Emmy for his, his role in season two of Fargo. Yes. As Mike Belligan. Mm-hmm. So good in that show. That's anyone. Uh, did you watch season four of Fargo? I stopped after two. I have to watch the last two because I heard, I heard what's his name was really good in it. Um, Chris Rock. He was good. It was, I would say it was the worst season of the show. Oh, okay. But it was still good. I mean, when you compare it to seasons one and two, which I thought were vastly superior, but it was, it was still good, but it was tough. And just spoiler alert, Bokeem shows up at the end of that in a flashback scene. And it, He's, he's just really good in everything he does. I'm looking. He was in Spider-Man Homecoming, too. Shocker, yep. Yep. Uh, da, 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 anything notable? There's so many so many IMDb credits here. He's got 103 IMDb credits. He's been acting for a long time. He's been doing a lot of good work. He's had a solid career. We could sit here and talk about everything he's been in all day, but this will turn into a long, very long podcast. <laughs> and I think we do... This wasn't our favorite. Fa- fair to say that Massive Genius wasn't our favorite role of his. No, it was definitely something I won't remember him for. <laughs> uh, uh, go ahead. That was Robert Lapone. Okay, who is who is he? Uh, Cusimano. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't put him because he was in a couple more episodes. But go f- go for it. Uh, what he is this? He's done a lot of he's done a lot of like TV like Law and Order stuff like that. Um, the only thing I have him in note um, was he was in the Doors as the music manager. Okay, that's another free, that's Val Kilmer, right? Yes. Okay, that's another blind spot of mine that I need to rectify. Well, that's what we're here for. We're here to help each other here. <laughs> well, you're definitely helping today because we got to get th- get through this episode. <laughs> All right. Uh, questions, comments, concerns. I just, you know, we talk about this all the time, how we have these actors in in these episodes who we don't really see much of in their careers at the end. So the guy who played Orange J, which I guess was Massive Genius's right hand man. Yeah. He's played by an actor named Brian Hicks, who never acted again after this episode. I guess playing Orange J killed his career. The way he acted, I think he did it himself. <laughs> I guess he, he said he was down with Massive Genius, and, and I guess he was down with his acting career afterwards. And then Nick Fowler, who played Richie, the lead singer on Visiting Day, this was the only time he acted. Never acted again. So we got we got two. A lot of one and dones in this. A lot of yeah, we've seen a lot through just the first season. So friends of ours and then friends of ours who never we never saw again. I have no question, comments or concerns because I went over them already through other things. Sure. So All right. Fine. We're on trivia. You want to go first? You want me to? Um, um you go first because I have two questions and I'm trying to decide which one to get you with. So I got one for next week too already, so we're good. Okay, cool. All right. So we talked about uh we started to touch on Bokeem Woodbine's career. I kind of stopped short because that was my trivia question. So there's another movie. So this was a heavy, we saw a lot of interactions between Chris and Massive Genius, Michael Imperioli and Bokeem Woodbine. There was another movie with the two of them. Which of these films was it? Crooklyn, Dead Presidents, Fargo, Almost Heroes, 
or 3,000 miles to Graceland? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something right now because my question has something to do with something like this, too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to it when I get to it. But All right. I believe – I remember seeing it, so I'm, I'm – I'm going to guess this quick. I'm going to say Crooklyn. It's dead presence. So uh, it's been a while since I watched this movie. I remember Imperioli was in it early in the Vietnam scenes, and I think he dies. He doesn't make it to the heist. Uh, Okay. And I remember Bokeem was the preacher who who was careless with his money, started buying like fancy cars and giving everybody in his congregation money, said it was a gift from God, and then you got the whole squad arrested. Well, I, I'm going to go with my question then. Go for it. What movie did Robert Lapine and Bokeem Woodbine <laughs> act in together? Fargo, The Doors, Dead Presidents, or Ray? Oh, I think I, I feel like I remember him from Dead Presidents. Robert Lapine was he a cop? No, you were right though. But he was the um, he was the attorney, Salvatore Rizzo. Okay, yeah, okay. I do now. I'm like. It's just like the photographic memory is coming to me. I'm like, yeah, I remember Kuzumano. Was it the scene with Martin Sheen as the judge? Yes. Okay. All right, cool. That's funny that both of our, our trivia questions had to do with him. I had another one, but I, I, I was going to save. I was going to use the other one. But when you brought it up, I was like, okay, I know which one I'm going with. <laughs> so it's funny that we have, because we don't confer with each other on our trivia beforehand. We kind of talk about everything else except that. You're just, you'll, you'll text me like, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna get you, and I'm like, okay, sure, we'll see. Dump you, and I never do. Yes, that's <laughs> really all it goes by. <laughs> all right, so I think I know your answer to this, unless you changed your mind. MVP of the episode, I gave it another thought because I was gonna go nobody because I really didn't think there was any MVP worthy performances. This is what you told me yesterday, but you've changed course. I'm gonna give it to. Um... I'm going to give it to Massive G because he was like, <laughs> I, and I hate doing it because it really wasn't, but he was, he was the most notable and the way he was, the way his, his intelligent, like he showed that like, you know, you would think he's a gangster rapper, but he shows you the intelligence side. He definitely, he definitely wasn't an idiot. He was, he was a really, a really bright guy. Um, I like the pick. I almost went there and I was like, oh, that's too edgy but i like i like it it works um you have so i was like i have to give it to somebody even though i didn't care for this episode so let me just go i went with adriana oh okay so yeah you know could have given it to tony because he he was heavy in this but we're gonna get we're probably gonna give a lot to tony so i like i liked adriana i like trying to venture out into the music business and we'll see a lot more of that from her later in the show and there'll definitely be some episodes in three and four, I think, off the top of my head that she's worthy of the MVP for. So I don't think this will be the the only time she gets this from me. I get you. Um, I actually going to go back to question, comments, and concerns. I'm going to make a comment. All right. This actually the lowest rated episode of season one. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up. Um, <laughs> as far as how many boxes ZD did you give it? So I went a little lower just before we started recording. So I, I had it at a seven and I went a notch down. So I went six and a half. Okay. I, I had, I remember when we were talking, I had it at a six and I went a full notch down. And 
dropped it down to a five. Okay, so if that's I think that's the lowest score of either of us so far. Yes, this was okay. definitely this was definitely one of the painful one. This was more painful than the uh, last uh, the last bad episode we watched. <laughs> that was two episodes ago, I think, right? Yes. All right. Yeah. So I think this is the lowest score for both of us. I don't think I went below a seven. I think I gave the pilot a seven or a seven and a half. I, I definitely haven't been below a seven. But but yeah, this might be, and we we're in the home stretch of season one, so I don't think either of us are going that low again for a while. I I don't I don't see it going that low until I'm gonna say season four probably. There might be a couple episodes in season four. I think there's like one or two, maybe at the end of season two before we get to like the major shit that goes down. But I I, I don't think so. I think there might just be a setup episode that maybe I, isn't up to par with the others. But I, I don't six point five is low for me. I'm a pretty pretty generous grader. So. I don't think I'm going that low again. Yeah, I'm the brutal one, so I'll probably be low here again. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, we made it through this episode. <laughs> Anthony, what's uh, where's some place people could follow you? Good. I'm glad we're, we're done with Massive G forever. <laughs> Dave, what's uh, some places people can catch you? Oh, okay. Uh, I'll go first then. That's fine. Um, you can follow me at DDEM2000 on both Twitter and Instagram. And where's someplace people can follow you? Follow me at, uh, I, I don't know why I made you go first. Sorry. Uh, at, uh, um, I asked I asked you, and then you, I think you missed it, but it's, it's fine. <laughs> you know, we're oh, live. Quite awkward. Okay. No, anyway, it's a, continuing on. Um, awkward. It's an awkward episode. You know, we're <laughs> we had to have some kind of awkwardness because sure. You, the episode did it. It's not our fault. It's it's, it's, it's authentic. We're good. <laughs> um, you can you can follow me at Instagram at Twinkie Seven Thirty, or if you want to follow me and my friends uh, talking shit, playing video games, follow us at Arcade Underscore Wars at Instagram. We actually have an event coming up on Saturday, starting at six. Uh, there's a promo out for it, so if you guys want to take a look, more than welcome and enjoy. All right, excellent. And if you are enjoying the show. You can follow us on Instagram at it's the jacket pod, all one word. Uh, if you're enjoying the show again, if you could rate us on either Spotify or Apple podcasts, and if you were to write us a review, we'll read it on the show. And thank you for that. That stuff helps us get seen by other people and builds the popularity of the show. So that'd be great for us. If you could smash that five star rating, it'd be awesome. My friend, good times as always even though the episode wasn't didn't make us as happy as some others well still well, good, to t- good times because the episode is over so I'm yes gonna... so and always good to chat so glad glad to talk with you very good i will talk to you again next week sounds good my friend take care take it easy